bong bong. Welcome to the potty is brought to you by Bet with Joel, the best in sports betting advice. If you want to get your money up, bro, sign up to Bet with Joel. That's the bottom line. He's going to send you the right advice. You follow the system. You make money. It's as easy as that. That's all I can tell you, man. You want to you give this shit a try? Go to betwithjoel.com slash ref. That's R-E-F. Slash welcome to the potty. P-O-D-D-Y. Enter promo code potty exclusive 50. That's potty exclusive 5-0 for 50% off your first week subscription. There's no lock-ins. Don't know why you'd want to leave. If you're, if you're getting... Free money, bruh. You're just gonna leave that? What's wrong with you, dude? Betwithjoel.com slash ref promo code pot sorry slash ref slash welcome to the potty. Pro- Betwithjoel.com slash ref slash welcome to the potty. Promo code potty exclusive 50 for 50 Support the Welcome to the Potty podcast by buying a Welcome to the Potty unsourced t-shirt. Dude, these shirts, I wore one to my gig last night. And I felt like no I was just receiving a warm hug for the entire show. Dude. You want a hug, bro? Time's been tough. Get yourself a welcome to the potty unsourced t-shirt. These bitches are fucking comfortable, bro. And guess what? 5% of all proceeds go to a different charity each month. You go to welcometopotty.com slash charity, bro. Or charities. And you see how many charities... We've been supporting fucking the most charitable podcast, bro. And that's a fact. You Google that. Google that shit, bro. Welcome to potty.com slash store for your butt soft. Welcome to the Potty Outsource T-shirt. Let's start. Welcome to the party, bung bung! It's your man Claytron, aka the big boss man, aka the clumsy jeweler, cause I'm always dropping gems, aka the milkman, cause I always deliver, aka the PhD of podcasts and the Magnum PI of podcasts and the captain! I'm here today with Billy Darcy, aka the, uh, I wrote these down, <laughs> events, the aka the Mr. Three Laughs a Session, aka Mr. Right Arm. Medium funny. I got those from your Instagram off of a Photoshop. Dude, fuck it out. Like, <laughs> how, you just listed off like eight nicknames in a row perfectly. Yeah. And then my first, one of the two nicknames you had for me, you dropped the ball. I, I did. It was supposed to be Mr. Uh, three laughs per session. Three laughs, yeah, three laughs a session. Three right. laughs a session. What's that even from? Um, you, did a, uh, you did an Instagram post of your... <laughs> Face over some cricketer. I don't know whose actual face. Oh, was. yep, okay. And two, like I think, uh, there was maybe, uh, Brett Lee on one side. No, I might be wrong there. No, the Gilly. I think it was Gilly. Yeah. Gilly and someone else. I don't even remember that three last session thing. That's what it had in the, in the, I don't know the footer. The caption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm on board. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Well, we'll we'll plug your stuff at the top of the show just to make sure everyone hears it. Thank you. So we've got um, uh, your you've got you've got your podcast. Yeah, I've got a pod. It's called Get Around Me. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's, my, it's a solo pod. Yeah, uh, but it's just basically it's about me 
15 minutes or so, I'll recap like the gigs and what I've been up to that week. Yeah, right. And it's pretty dependent on what I've been up to. Yeah. Like, and then I'll have a run at a few topics after that. Yeah. But I don't like, you know, I don't tackle like immigration or anything like that. Like, yeah. It's okay. pretty, <laughs> it's, I don't want to say it's like buzzfeedy, but you know, it's, it's not, it's not hard hitting. Yeah. yeah. Or anything like that. Yeah. Similar to this then probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we don't do a lot of immigration or... No, nah, I did once and it was just such a disaster. No? Apparently a few of my views were out of touch. You <laughs> you were tackling coronavirus or what? Yeah, well, here's the thing. I did I did talk about the whole panic buying thing last week. Because mm. I thought, let's just... I touched on it. Because, you know, it's a bit of hack. It, it became hack like immediately. So quickly. So quickly. There was literally like a 15 minute window where you could tweet about it without it just being like hack. Yeah. And then, But then, like, I, I was like, this is a bit of fun while we're doing this. And then I'm at the shops yesterday and the toilet paper thing's still going. I thought yeah. we were kind of done with it. I thought it was like a fun thing for a few days. But now it's been like almost two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So you're at a, are you at an Airbnb? Yeah. I'm, a, I'm staying at a mate's apartment. Oh, okay. And how much toilet paper do they have? Like, like probably 15 rolls. Right. But you're, you're only here for the week. I'm only here for the week. Yeah. And how are you going with your hand washing? Um, I don't know. I really haven't changed anything. Yeah. I've been sticking with the basics and I've been all right. The thing is, I'm allergic to penicillin already. Right. So, like, if you have a cold, the main thing they give you is penicillin. Have you ever had penicillin? Like, did you have to find out the hard way? Yeah, when I was, like, two. Yeah. But then I had it again when I was, like, 20, and it just felt like there was, like, bugs crawling over my skin. Yeah. And it doesn't help me get better. So I accepted years ago that when it's my time, when an illness has my name on it, Mm. I'll just go, like, an absolute champion. Yeah. So this coronavirus thing, it's like... It's like take a ticket. I'm already taking the third string antibiotics that don't even work. But you've got to you've got to give it a crack every seven years. I reckon. They reckon oh really? That um, allergies are cyclical or something like that. For I don't know. for some people though. So like you I said, hope so. you had it when you were two, and then you. And then you when know, I was like twenty. Yeah, so that's you're probably about due for your your next crack out there. Dude, I hope so. Because when I get antibiotics, the guys like. Oh, no penicillin, hey. And then he goes like down the list and he's like, I mean, you could try this, but... <laughs> it's called water. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, honestly, let me know how it goes. Because yeah. like, so I, I don't, I've, I accept long ago that an illness is one day going to take me down. Yeah. Okay. I'm not bothered. And also, I don't, I don't know, I don't want to get controversial too early, but I actually dislike old people. Yeah. Oh, well. So. I don't dislike them. I mean, they smell, they smell, I don't like the smell mostly. But um, there's too many of us, I reckon. So I reckon just let it happen and just. I think old people they just suck, yeah. generally. And to, and if coronavirus is going to take any old people, I would say take the ones that are still somehow driving. Yeah, Isn't yeah, it, doesn't yeah. that just scare the shit out of you? Oh, I've, I do, I do, let it overcome me the my rage when I. But it's just like some of them can't see or hear, mm. and they're driving. Yeah. One time I was in the car with my pop, we went over a roundabout, just straight over the top of it. Over it? Yeah, over it. So roundabout, obviously half the word is round. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're supposed to go fucking around it. We gone straight over this thing. Yeah. And my pop was like, oh, fuck, council's got to fix these roads up. No. And he just kept on going. Wow. And I was like 13, like, Jesus Christ. And is he still around? No, no. mate. May God rest his soul. Yeah. But the roads are a little safer. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, Mother Nature always has, there's a rhyme to the reason. I always said that they should, they should have, um, they should have people retest 
They've got to retake yes. their license at probably when you get the the beautiful, beautiful taste of retirement. Six, 65, I think I'm okay with it. Yeah. Once you hit 70, though, you're officially old. Yeah, proper. And it's time to like. Like bordering on senile. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I reckon, yeah, every. I reckon it should be like every two years after the age of 70. Mm. I went to the grocery store today where there was no toilet paper, and because it was, it was during the day. When old people go. Yep. And just the amount of in my way people there were at this grocery store. And that was, was, they're not afraid to hit the grocery store two, three times in the same day. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing else for Dude, they'll forget stuff on purpose. Yeah. And then they get home, they're like, <laughs> they're like, well, I can either watch The View yet again. Oh, no, I forgot the peas. Yeah. And they're like, sweet, another excursion. Yeah, they love it. Um, yeah, and it was an absolute nightmare. But you're also, you've just come off the, the Perth Fringe. Yeah, I did. Uh, I was in Perth for three weeks. Uh, Fringe World Perth. Fringe World it. Perth, yeah. Perth Fringe, I think is. I like that better, but... It's fine. Got told off. Oh, really? Well, not told off. Corrected quickly. Yeah. It's whatever. Yeah. I was in Perth. Yeah. Well, let's just say that. Yeah. I was there. Did doing uh, your run of your show. Yeah, so I'm doing my new show. It's called Anxiously Arrogant. Yes. Uh, it's my second tour. Mm-hmm. My second show. It's gone... It got a lot better in Perth. Like the first couple of shows... It's like just the order and stuff. Yep. You, you even though the individual bits might make sense to you, like when you say it after something else, and then you're like, "Oh, I said this, which kind of made me seem a bit mean here." Yep. And then I want it to be mean again here, but it's like you can't be double mean type too, thing. Like too quickly. Yeah. Yeah, because then it throws the audience. Yeah, you got to kind of like work that stuff out. Yeah. Um, right. And you, where are you from? I'm from Sydney. Sydney. So do you? When you're doing spots in Sydney, how long are you typically getting? Uh, probably like four minutes at open mics. Yeah. Maybe a cheeky five or like seven minute spots mostly. So do you find that difficult as well to to sort of prepare your, sh- your yeah. full 50 minute show, get the order and everything? Like, well, yeah, how, how many chances are you actually getting to, to run through before you go on to a festival? Well, yeah, I pretty much have like... I would say just a bunch of three minute bits mm. that make up the hour. And then I kind of, I do crowd work as well. So it is a bit restrictive cause it's like, it kind of does restrict the format of the jokes because well, you essentially can't work out anything that's longer than four minutes. Yeah. Because, and some people have like these crazy, like 10 minute things where it's like a big arc. Yeah. But that's where like, if you have like a big management company and they can like, set up trial shows and you can just do, you just fuck around for an hour and do whatever you want yeah. and really play around. That'd be cool. But working stuff out of the open mics, yeah, it's a bit restrictive. Yeah. And you, so you don't have management then? No, no, no. But uh, you you were in the the Raw final 2017. Right? 2017, yeah. yep. That was super fun. And then you think you're gonna be probably Dave Hughes in like three months. Yeah. <laughs> you're just taking meetings, doing doing demos and shit. You're like, fucking hell. Time to buy a house. Yeah. Not the case. No. Not the case. So you're doing uh, your full-time comedian, part-time car parking. Yeah, so I still work at like a like a Westfield. Yeah. I fix like the pay machines and stuff. Okay. And like, you know, the boom gates that go like up and down. Yeah. So I still work that when I'm in Sydney. But it's casual, so it's pretty sweet. Like. Yeah. So this year for... February and March and April, I'm away for like pretty much all of it. That's cool. But I can still like go back to the job. Yeah. So obviously I don't get paid while I'm away, but yeah, I wouldn't be able to have like a full-time job. 
What's the wildest shit you ever saw in a parking lot? Well, I mean, it's kind of this is kind of where my fear of old people comes from yeah, because okay. sometimes, like, um, I've seen an old guy get his slipper like caught on the accelerator. Oh my god! <laughs> I've said this is like multiple things, but yeah. I've seen one guy he got his slipper caught on the accelerator, did seventy into a concrete pillar, oh almost god. killed someone and his wife, and they were like in intensive care, and then they just do stuff like the oldies like. They'll go to find their ticket in their purse yeah. and then accidentally hit the accelerator as they're coming up to the boom gate and then just like straight into a big metal thing. Wow. Just stuff like that. Just, yeah. And that's in a, in a car park environment. Yeah. Because I um, always see always see the damage around, but I actually, I've never seen a car accident in a parking lot, but I've seen a lot of oh, it happens. shit. Dude, I've, I've seen a lady, um, I've seen two ladies write their cars off in a car park. And these, these people were young. Yeah. So what happened was like, um, like I think a, a middle-aged woman was driving along and then there's all these spots and this like 18-year-old, she worked at Mecca Maxima. Mm. So I'm not saying any stereotypes there, but yep. she's a bit flighty, this girl. She just didn't even look. She was on her phone, just flew out of the car park straight into this lady who was driving across and their car's just bam at like 15 k's an hour, wow. both written off. Infuriating, That's, and then were, were the cars working enough for them to move, and other people can get out of their spots, or no. just ruined it? For no, them? they were like uh, they got like interconnected. Yeah, like the grills, they they ended up reversing, and they just took both their front grills off, and like, yeah, it was crazy. Ridiculous. I usually see things in in parking lots like uh, I've seen a few fist fights. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a couple of those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people use parking lots as toilets. Yep. Uh, and as. Um, their, their personal, I guess, drug haven sometimes. Do you ever see that? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I saw a guy, um, I should, probably should say, allegedly, yeah. um, get stabbed the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, but I think it's still under investigation. Oh, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> and where was, where was also, that? Was I'm that not, in Sydney? Yeah, in Sydney, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, but what this guy, he got stabbed. I think it was over drugs, I don't know. Because he, he seemed like he got stabbed, but he was a bit too cool about it. Right. So it's like, it's like, how much is this guy getting stabbed day to day? Yeah. You know, it wasn't like a big deal. He was wearing Adidas slides as well. Yep. Like imagine getting stabbed, you don't even have socks on. Oh, slides without socks. Yeah. So See, I go slides with socks. Oh yeah. But like, that's what, what I'm saying. He's like, this guy's clearly, he's out to do a few errands. Yeah. You know, he's got, and he's got stabbed. Like, was he shorts on or pants on? with his Shorts. Okay. Yeah. So, and then afterwards, once he got stabbed, he just put his hand over the wound, left the knife in which I'm told is actually, that's what you want to do. Right. And then he just went to the chemist and was like, can you help me? And the lady like pretty much fainted. Panicked, yeah. And they called an ambulance and everything from there. Wow. But, so that was pretty wild. Yeah, so the fact that he went to a chemist and not a hospital. That's what I'm saying. Sort of like... and, and also he walked to the chemist, which was like 200 meters away. Yeah. So, and he was like, yeah, I've just been stabbed. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that guy, yeah, he's been there before. Um, yeah. But you're supposed to, when you're in that world, you're supposed to like have a vet on the payroll or something, right? Oh, to get stitched up. Yeah. Well, dude, how's this? So another thing at the shopping center, there's this old English guy who works at the Woolies. He's like real old school. I was talking to him about it. Yeah. And he's got like those, um, you know when old English guys have like those faded tattoos? Yeah. And you don't know really what it means, but it, it probably means they did some pretty fucked up stuff in the 80s. Yeah. Like that old like gang stuff. Yeah. And I was talking to him and he was telling me like what to do if you get stabbed. And it turns out if you get stabbed horizontally, you want to um, you want to lean forward because that closes the wound. 
But if you get stabbed vertically, you want to lie down because that closes the wound. Right. Okay. Yeah. This, I mean, it makes sense. But so I said, this guy was like 70. I was like, Jesus Christ, Ron, how do you know so much about this? And he goes, oh, I've been stabbed three times. Three times? Yes. Yeah, he got stabbed twice in the army, one in the stomach, one in the back, and then he got stabbed in the head in a pub fight. And then he said he pulled it out of his own skull. Like, it wasn't like, you know, in there. In there. Mm. He said it was a small knife. And then he like slashed the guy's face. And, well, if you get stabbed in the head, there's no bending over or laying down, really. No, but I think your skull is just, you know, it's like, you know, you're, if you're not dead, you're, you're sweet. Yeah. Well. But I'm just saying, people are out there getting stabbed all the time, apparently. Yeah. And yeah, no one what to do about it. So did you have to make a, uh, like a police report or something? No. No? You just no, saw no. it and sort of... It was just big news at the centre that day. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we were like just watching on the cameras and shit and being like, look, he's, he's been stabbed. Yeah, right. So how, how long had you been doing comedy before um, the Raw final, national final? Mm, um, I guess maybe a year and a bit. Yeah. I did, oh no, maybe a year and a half. I actually did Raw the first time, yeah. my, for once before, and didn't even get through the first round. Yeah. But I was like pretty filthy. I wouldn't say I'm filthy at all anymore. Yeah. But you know when you first start and you're just like, whatever's funny, it's funny. Yeah. So I was up there like, yeah, my mum's a whore, like whatever. Yeah, right. Like, and now looking back, like, Jesus Christ, dude, like, but so I, I thought I had a really good set, but then I didn't even get through and someone was like, oh yeah, probably because of all the things you said. And I was like, uh. Okay. And then the next time I got wildcarded into the, to the national final. Okay. So a bit of luck, but, um, it's pretty sweet because you get, you to go down, they fly you down and they don't put you up, but, um. It's like a long day. You get there at like nine a.m. Mm. and you got to do you got to do the worst part is you got to do your whole set in front of the other contestants. So you have to do like your raw set in front of like ten other people and just eat shit oh, really? on like the biggest day of your life because they want it for B-roll. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got to do your whole set to like eight people and you're just like, Fuck this, this sucks. Yeah, that's and annoying. it's like a, it's like eleven a.m. It's like in a small theater at the back. Yeah, that's no, that's not okay. Yeah, so that that's pretty horrible. There's darkness is essential for comedy. It was well, is it in the dark even though it's no, it's daytime. Yeah. So yeah. it's in the light. And but it's, it's just they want morning. some shots of you on stage yeah. and you like, I don't know, you laughing in the crowd. Even it's weird. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Because there's, there's nothing worse than a light venue, and there's nothing worse than um, the wrong time of day. Like I wouldn't like to do a, like an eleven a.m. gig. I wouldn't want to do a, probably seven p.m. gig. Yeah, no. Nah, the sun, if the sun, if it's bright in the room. Yeah. Forget about it. Yeah. You can see everyone's faces, their reactions. I don't know, but I don't like when it's too dark because I like talking to the crowd. So, and it, it's so lame when you got your hand over your eyes. Like, mm. who was that? Yeah. Is that you, sir? The plumber? And, it's, and they're like, no, it's the guy like five rows back. And you're just like, ugh. Yeah. I like the, I like seeing the first few rows. First few rows is good. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, like light venues is just a, just a nightmare, I think. Because people, people get self-conscious about their own laughter I, I feel like yeah it's like when people come to comedy in like work groups mm. and they don't want to laugh at like some weird shit yeah because like it's like whoa I don't know about yeah this like oh, that's the oh. head of HR just there I yeah, don't want him knowing is usually so sweet and yeah she's laughing at yeah I don't want him knowing I'm a, I'm a sick freak yeah. you know laughing at some freaking god knows what mm. but yeah and every year I reckon needs like someone who's like a really loud laugher absolutely you just need one guy to just fucking let it rip early 
Because people don't like feeling like they're being looked at while they're laughing. No, that's no, why no, they no. like the darkness. That's why the darkness is yeah. so important. And also, if you're the only person laughing, and people are like looking at you like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. And what's uh, how many open mics can you get in Sydney? Um, it used to be a lot better. Yeah. I would say we're in... There was like a golden... Sydney comedy has changed a lot since I started. Because when I started, there was only two open mics you could do a week. Yep. This is probably five years ago. And one of them, there was only like eight spots. So you could really only get up once a week. Yeah. And then there was a period where you could get up maybe like... Probably like eight times a week. Yeah. Pretty comfortably. And now it's probably like... You can still get up probably like five, probably like five or six. Yep. Yeah, but, cool. um, but it always changes. Like rooms come and go all the time. And then they reopen under new management. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. So Melbourne's probably the hot spot at the moment? Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. No? Sydney and Melbourne kind of have like a bit of a comedy rivalry. Oh, okay. And I froth on it. Yeah? <laughs> I think it's so good. Yeah. So Oops. do you have good, like, do you have a bit of fun with it when you're in Melbourne? Yeah. So yeah. like, well, it's like, obviously we're all friends. It's not like a real yeah. beef. But like the, the thing is, like Melbourne has lots of gigs. And the gigs are good, but the open mics, like, then there's no crowds there. Whereas yeah. there's crowds at Sydney open mics. Yeah. So it's a bit of a better environment. Yeah, okay. Whereas in Melbourne, you're mostly just doing it to comics. Um, which, is, which is just terrible. I, yeah. I, I hate it. Bad for morale. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but yeah, the thing they say about, like, uh, <laughs> like uh, Melbourne comics is, like, the stereotype is, like, it's all, like, long stories with, like, no punchline. Okay. And they just, like, talk, like, talk a lot. And then, like, Sydney's just, like, kind of more, like, like clubby, like, footy show guys. Like, da 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 Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, Melbourne's kind of more artsy and, like, that sort of stuff. Yeah, okay. But I absolutely froth on that. I would like the beef to get even more aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> I feel, yeah, I haven't, I haven't been outside of Adelaide yet. I mean, I've only been doing it six months, but... Yeah. Um, How long has this pod been going? Five years. Oh, right. Yeah. Jesus. Why'd you start a podcast if you weren't a comedian? Um, well, I was, I was a basketball player. Oh, um, like the NBL or whatever? Yeah, uh, yeah, one year. Explains like, the shorts. One year with Townsville, but, um, I, I was playing in like the Seaball, um, which is like sort of, well, not regional, but it was like the... Like second like, division. Yeah, like the D League for, um, NBL. Yeah. So I was playing in that and, um... So I had, that was when I had like the most time on my hands. So I listened to a lot of podcasts while I was like working out and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was living with teammates and I was like, we talk so much shit, man. Like we should, we should start this. Yep. And so we did and it was pretty good. And then I moved and we stopped because, um, yeah, I came home. I wasn't with him anymore. And then we tried doing it remotely. Oh, is that hard? It like the quality's not as good because like his voice was always like a record like sounded like a phone voice yeah and the um just the wavelength sort of thing we weren't like bouncing as well as we usually would yeah especially is it like with us like if the internet sucks is it a bad connection yeah so yeah sometimes you might say something and there'll be that lag and stuff yep. like that then um I was editing myself so at that time. I would be sitting down and closing all those gaps just for like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I see what you mean. So and then just like, ruins the fun. Yeah. So I was like, I'm doing this by myself now. 
Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. And then, um, so I also stopped. I got some pretty decent guests over the phone as well, but I don't want to do that anymore um, because of the same reason. Yep. Uh, I find having people here, like we can vibe better, have more fun. Oh, dude, we're vibing. Yeah. There's a vibe in the room. <laughs> but then like over the phone, sometimes it can really be, yeah. Well, and then you would film it like just on the phone? No, I'd never film it. Oh, right. <laughs> but they, uh-huh. they wouldn't <laughs> engage as well. I had this rapper that started making like ramen noodles while he was talking to me. And so I could, <laughs> I could hear the pattern. Dude, that's so disrespectful. I, I went, I, I cut it out of the episode, but like I, I lost my cool with him as well. Oh really? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, Did you say my... who it was or? You know, is he like a somebody or? He, he's, he's decent. He's not like. Like one of the most listened to people. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so you blew up with him. Yeah, I blew up with him and cut it out of the interview, and um, it was like a <laughs> like kind of noticeable. The change vibe of, change. Yeah. <laughs> so so people like, were like, what? What was like? What happened in between? Something so definitely like, got cut so out. So he went from being like, yeah. So anyway, and then like, there's just a topic change, and he's like, uh, yeah. I think it was more my attitude changed. Oh right. Because oh, okay. I. He, he was like a, one of my biggest guests at the time. Yep. And uh, I think I was like nervous and I was like trying to please him and stuff at the start. Yep. And then he did that and I fucking blew up. And then I saw, I was like a bit of a prick. <laughs> Dude, what a, what a ride for the listener. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It didn't blow up. The episode didn't blow up, but it was, um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. I couldn't believe it. But so I've, I've gone off of um, phone interviews unless it's someone like huge you know if i could get someone massive i'd how do you um i don't ever have i don't have guests on my podcast just because like for time and stuff mm-hmm. it's so much like if you can just do it yourself whenever yep. but if you wanted to get someone good how would you do you just email their management I have to go through management like the, the only goddamn bureaucrats yeah the only way otherwise is summary for some reason they're going through their like instagram people that they don't follow. Like, you know how there's the two different inboxes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so people that big don't generally go through there. So I've messaged a lot of people that have not ever seen what I've messaged them, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you've got to go through management and um, management aren't, aren't particularly keen to get They're that. like, sweet, how much money does this immediately make me? Yeah. Oh, none? Yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the potty. Welcome to get fucked. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So, um, unless I've got like a good in with like a guest that's like, oh, you know what? I've, I've got, I've got someone I'd love to be on this. Yep. Um, other, otherwise it's pretty tough. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's so funny with the ramen noodles thing. Cause I was just, me and my mate had this big blow up the other day. Yeah. And uh, we were chatting about it on the phone. I was like, oh, come on. Like, we're having this big like talk about it. Yeah. And he's like my best friend. So it was a big deal. Yeah. And um, like, it was a good, good chat. We were reconciling. Yeah. But halfway through, I just started eating a banana. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I just I had my feet up on the desk going like, yep. And I was just kind of like chewing going like, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And he's like, mate, are you fucking eating right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, I guess this is like disrespectful. He was like, he was like telling yeah. me, we we're being really honest with each other. And then I'm just getting my potassium in, you know, yeah. like. And so I do understand that thing. I you can't multitask. It's disrespectful. Yeah, I, I do hate I do hate that on the phone. If I hear someone eating in my ear. Yeah, but like, it's like. But if you if you can some like a banana, at least it's not chips. You know, yeah. if you want chips. Um, that's pretty. That's pretty wild to like put someone through that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
But um, yeah, are you one of these people though who can't are you, you can't handle the sound of chewing? Sometimes, some people are just really some loud. people it's too much. Some people are louder than others. Like I can be fine next to you, right, and then go to work and you know Greg will start eating something. I'll be like, oh, you know? yeah, I don't know. Depends on the person. Yeah, probably as well. Yeah, like if they're just a grub already, I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah. Just look at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with this guy? Get your fucking hygiene off or something. Oh, dude. Anything will annoy me if I already hate the person, though. Oh, yeah. I things mean, look, things that I've never realized I hated. Oh, dude. Look at him fucking drinking water over there. Yeah. Piece of shit. Yeah. Oh, I love it, though. No one needs to be that hydrated last start. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about, okay, what about comedy pet peeves? Oh, dude. I got fucking thousands. Yeah. Um, Nah, there's some good... I, I tell you, I sidebar, but I like... I had a mate the other day, we were at a gig, and he was like, oh, I don't hate anyone in comedy. How could you hate anyone? I'm like, oh, dude, how much time do you have? I yeah. fucking hate heaps of people. Yeah, right. Not heaps, but like, you got to hate a few people. I think I've um, I've managed to create a couple of uh, um, issues <laughs> in my yeah. six months. <laughs> but like... But it's like, I, I, I just hate, bl- like, blanket anything. Like, I hate everyone. I love everyone. Like, yeah. case by case. Yeah, absolutely. I would say in comedy, I love and have no problems with, like, 90% of people. Yeah. But I'm not going to pretend it's fucking... Yeah. Oh, there's, no. there's pelicans everywhere, no matter what yeah. field you're in. Yeah. Like, comedy is like a job, I guess. So, I've never, ever just worked with people and just loved everyone at my yeah. job. Oh, I could never hate anyone in this telemarketing company. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I couldn't imagine More it. More like... I'm more inclined to make one friend, maybe, at a, at a workplace. Yeah. I realise at my job, I've been at my job for three years, I've like only ever had like one good friend. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. But it's just weird, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's a potluck. Yeah. And I've worked with people where like after like a month, you go, look, we had a run at this, we're never going to be friends, we're never going to be close. Yeah. Like, we don't dislike each other. But, but it's like, like, there's just nothing... Once I leave this company, I'm not calling you. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. Absolutely. What about... Okay, yeah. Comedy so pet comedy peeves. Pet peeves. <clears throat> um, a big one is people that run the light. Mm. And like, people that run the light constantly. And like, especially where it is in the show. Yeah. Like, if you're like second in the first bracket and there's like six acts on or whatever, and you do like 10 minutes instead of five, like, dude, get the fuck out of here. And I swear, people who run the light are never also destroying. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's always someone trying to overextend, like, oh, one more thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've just done really bad on my closer. Let's try another one. Yeah. 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 It's not out, It's not like, you know, if, if the closer goes down, you go down with it. Yep. Get off. Yeah. I hate that. I hate um, people now knowing that I do comedy and saying, oh, what, like, what are your jokes about? Yeah, dude, I just had um, I just had this thing coming the other day for some marketing for Melbourne where it's like, a, it was a magazine and they sent me a, uh, like a Q&A. Yeah. And the Q&A was just brutal. It was like, it was like, one of the questions was, what's the funniest thing you've ever said on stage? I hate that. Ugh. Um, it was... Have, uh, you all, have you always known you were funny? Yeah. <laughs> and then, how did you get started? How um, old were you or, when you knew you were going to be a comedian? Uh... What it, and also even just like what what one of them was what does your show teach the audience? And it's mm. like nothing. Yeah, no. Like it's not a TED talk. It's just an hour of stand up. Like that's what I um 
I got some unsolicited advice about the podcast. Okay. From from somebody who clearly doesn't like comedy podcasts. Like yeah. probably listens to like business or TED Talks, stuff like that. Um, or you've got to give something you've got to give something to the people. And I was like, Yeah, I am entertainment. Well, that's what I'm giving them. Yeah, it's like, content. No, people need to people need to learn something. I was like, No. They don't, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, they just they just don't. And uh, it's like I mean, you can. Yeah. You totally can. Yeah. But, yeah, this whole thing of, like, what, what do they take away with? Like, what have, what have they learned? It's like, they've been entertained for an hour. Yeah. They've paid, you know, 22 bucks and they've received $22 worth of entertainment. Yeah. And they sat down all day and frowned at a computer screen and they got to come here and be happy. So... Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and yeah, a couple of the other questions were just like, uh, then the, the fun questions. Yeah. One of them was, um, fart, da- fart jokes versus dad jokes. Yeah. Which do you prefer? And, um, and would you prefer to time travel or, or be able to see the future, but not travel there? And it's like, how is this going to help me sell a fucking ticket? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just, (laughs) just say, go to the show next to a picture of me. Yeah. Oh, he's gone. There we go. Yeah. That's, um, that's, I saw that in, because of the Adelaide fringe, there's all these like city mag. Yeah. I'm skeptical of. These companies, yeah, they charge quite a bit, and I don't know. Yeah, and I see, I see some of these interviews, and I'm just like, that's, that's what I'm not looking forward to. If if I find success, that is probably the number one thing I don't yeah, want to deal with. It's brutal, but also like, with these things, like Scenester and all these sort of things, mm. like I've been paying for the the advertising stuff for Melbourne, only because all the acts I really like, I'm not are also in there. Yeah, so they'll send you, they'll go like. You know, this is our uh, Melbourne Comedy Edition from last year. Have a look through it, and then like all all big acts and acts I really like are all in there. So I go, oh, this must be this must be worthwhile then. Yeah. Because people that sell tickets are in here, and uh, so. That, but then I'm thinking like, dude, I've never picked up a fucking scene stay in my life. Yeah. Who are the people reading this? Yeah, I don't know. But I they send know. you the stats of of the numbers, and you're like, well, it seems legit, but I don't know. But how can you fact check it as well? Easily, dude. I'm- so true. Yeah. Like, are I, they just, are they, is that just a document they put together to sell you? Or is that just a factual thing that they've printed out from their, their stat sheet? Is that a real... Who knows? And the amount, right, I go to like a cafe and I see a bundle of those things. Yeah. So is that people reading it or is that how many you've just distributed out to cafes? All great questions. Yeah, it's just... All great questions. Yeah. I heard this great quote the other day. Um, cause I, I was in Perth and I was like, I had, I was paying like a flyer and, yeah. and they were like not bringing anyone in. I was like, what the and then I had one, one, I got one girl to fly for me one night and I was like, Oh, have you done much flying before? She's like, this is my first time. And then she like took the flights. So I was like, sweet. There's 30 bucks down the drain. Yeah. She was freaking terrible. But then, uh, and I was doing a few other marketing things. I was like, and then I just, you just don't know what's working and what's not. Yeah. And where you're wasting your money. And, but then I heard this great quote which didn't, doesn't solve anything, but it makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from this huge magician guy who like was apparently a big touring act in the 80s or whatever. He said, um, 50% of my marketing works. I just don't know which 50. Yeah, right. So I thought that was quite poetic. Yeah, so he's got, you've got to do 100%. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, just to confirm, you are fucked. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I don't know, it just yeah. made me feel better for some reason. Yeah, I guess, I guess, well, when you don't know when you're wasting your time, you can't, be like, fuck, I'm wasting my time right now, you know? Yeah, and it's all smoke and mirrors, you know, like, you get, a lot of the times, if you see it, even if you see like a big act, 
on a Tuesday, like half the room will be papered anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you're like, oh, so-and-so sold 200 tickets on a Tuesday, but it's like 130 comps. Yeah. And stuff like that. And But then it's all word of mouth because those 130 people go, if it's a good show, they'll still tell their friends. Yeah. And yeah, it's all, and I think email, having a huge email database is probably the only surefire thing. Yeah. In yeah. this crazy world. Yeah, I've been, been thinking about the, the email stuff. I never, I have never been sold by an email, but that's just me. Yeah, I don't know, but it still lets you know. I think. Yeah. I don't know anything about marketing because people got to click through, so you at least get perfect numbers. And also, you know they're going to see it. Yeah. If if you get past the spam thing, mm. it's there. Yeah. Whereas you don't always know. Like you could post on Facebook, I'm in Adelaide. Yeah. But um, what is it like? Ninety percent of the people on your thing won't even see it. Yeah. What about? Do you do flying personally? I did fly a bit in Perth and it's weird. I don't know. Cause people would come when I flied. Yeah. I, I was actually probably more successful than the people I paid. I think that, which was honestly disheartening sense to me. Well, I found it disheartening cause then I was like, Oh fuck, I guess I should keep flying. Yeah. It's like, yeah right. Dude. It's like, at what point do you just think like with all this production stuff and flying mm. and, um, like when I was flying in Perth, I remember one guy walked past, he was picking up rubbish. Yeah. He had one of those like claw things. And I was flying for my show and I remember thinking I'd rather be doing what he's doing than be flying right now. Wow. Like it's just brutal. <laughs> like It is. But yeah, I don't know. But people do appreciate it. Like you can sell it better yourself because it's your show. Yeah. And I would just blatantly lie to people as well. And they're like they're meeting the guy that they're grabbing a picture of. But then yeah, but then other people reckon it makes you look like uh, rookie or something it makes you look rookie to be yeah. flying your own show because obviously like Dave Hughes would never fly his own show yeah but so, he also wouldn't have to because he's got a management company that has a vested interest in his success so they will market for him he doesn't yeah. need to do anything so I was just like this yeah this ridiculous double bladed yeah. sword I guess yeah yeah double edged sorry yeah so I'm not sure but uh, I don't like firing yeah, I don't think anyone does. Oh, I don't. I don't see why you would. Why you would like it? I can see for the right people. I I would be bad at it because I think I would. My face would have written on it. I fucking hate being here. Yeah. Some people can just fake that and be so personable and like come on my show. Oh, let's only want a selfie now. So you know. Yeah, it's a momentum thing as well. Like if you have a few friendly people and they're like, "Oh, what time's your show?" and this sort of thing, and then you go, "Oh." Fuck, I'm up and about here. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you, you'd give them the hard sell. And I, was, I would just lie to people as well. Like if it was like two middle-aged women, I'd be like, oh, half the show's about my mum. Yeah. You know, like now I love her, I, you know, or just yeah. some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. But in, in reality, like uh, they probably hate the show. But do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Oh, no, not in reality. Like I think at my show, like people would like it. Yeah. But you just got to get them in, get them in one way or another. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I don't know. You gotta be managing your mental health of these festivals as well. Like, I did read, I did read something about that, but like that was more from uh, somebody that did a, a did a full run. Like in that would Perth, be, uh, in, in Adelaide, in like, Adelaide, yeah, just finishing up this week. Yeah, um, pretty. Oh, like, if you're independent and your show's not doing well, mm. then like, yeah, it's fucked. Yeah, but if your show's doing well, it's pretty good. And then you know, it depends on you know all sorts of stuff. Like what sort of accommodation you have and who you're hanging out with and that. I'd say it's definitely best to go with people and try not to go for too long, I would say. Yeah. And what are your days like? Dude, it's pretty boring, hey? Like, yeah. well, at the moment I'm just doing all this admin and production stuff for Melbourne. Yeah. 
like and it's just it's just non-stop resizing photos and yeah. posters and Q and A's and Facebook ads. I don't I don't have a fucking clue about any of that shit. It's yeah. horrendous. Half the time I think I should have just got an office job instead. Yeah. Because I basically have one. Um, and then work, when I was in Perth, I was spending way more time working on the show because it's a brand new show. And then you know you do a bit of writing, get a coffee, hang out with whatever comedians are in town. Yeah. But I mean I'm in Adelaide for five nights, which I think is a good amount of time. Yeah. I was in Perth for three weeks. And I was living by myself that whole time. Yeah. And that was pretty fucked by the end. Like, yeah. Like, I was just like, get me out of here. Like, I'm done. Yeah. Especially, yeah, if you're in... I mean, you you probably have a pretty good network of comedians and stuff that you could still catch up with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, like, if I went to Perth to do three weeks and I was by myself, I would just be alone for three weeks. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, would, I wouldn't be able to cope. Yeah, it's just, you just got to fill out the day somehow. Yeah. But the nights are so fun. Yeah. So then you just need to get to like, you end, what I ended up doing was becoming like quite nocturnal. Yeah. Because at nights you got all these gigs and then you would like hang out and stuff and you'd do your show and bounce around, do spots and stuff. It was really fun and you'd go to the artist bar after. And then, so I would prefer just to stay out later at night and then wake up later. Yeah. During the day. Because like, it's, if you wake up at 6am, you're like, Jesus, my first show's at 7pm. Yeah. What the hell am I going to do? And then like, you know, even a few, I just went for a few runs. That's how yeah. bored I got. <laughs> I hate running. Yeah. And it was like, the other thing about Perth when I was there, um, the other, was that it was 41 degrees like every day oh I was there. Oh my God. And so it's just like, it's just abrasive. Yeah. But yeah, so it was better to wake up at like 11. And then, whereas if I, if I woke up at 11 in Sydney on like a weekday, I'd be like, just kill yourself. Yeah. You suck. Yeah. Like I feel like such a piece of shit if I sleep in that late. <laughs> You got to, um, oh, I, because I'm, I'm, I work full time still yep. and I've been trying to network and everything in this room. So I've been, I've been out like every night having these like fun late nights and I've got to get up and go to work in the morning. I've just been like yeah. so burnt out. Like this week going into this final week of the fringe, I was just thinking like, what if, what if this is what, like if I had a full run, what Maybe, well, I probably wouldn't have to get up first thing in the morning and go to work, obviously. But yeah. Like, like, I can just imagine some people, I don't know, partying every night and just, like, really yeah, being well, fucked at the end. Yeah, like, last year was my first time doing Adelaide and Perth okay. Fringe. Yeah. And I definitely, like, treat it like a holiday. But it's 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 not good because, uh, like, the more you go out and stuff, like, you're actually just eating into your bottom line so much more. Yeah. Because it's not, yeah, it's not like you're coming here and being the most profitable, like... Yeah. Um, everyone I've talked to is just like, don't, if you, if you're expecting to make like all this money, don't, don't go into the fringe thinking that it's like, yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah you got Yeah. The festivals are quite brutal to be yeah. honest, but like, they're so fun as well. Like they just keep growing. Right. This is what, you know, James McCann. Uh, oh yeah. I know James. Yeah. yeah. So what he was saying to me is like the, the festival keeps growing. Right. So this, the growth line on the graph, like keeps going up. Mm hmm. But that that sort of takes away, like you get more acts in, which means more shitty acts. Yeah. Because you're not as likely to have good acts, and all of those acts, although they're not, they might not be selling out. They're taking away from the good acts. Yeah. And the good acts actually aren't selling out, so they're making less as well. And yeah. He's one hundred percent right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but then here's the thing: like Perth Fringe will then be like, "Hey guys, we sold an extra." Um, ten thousand tickets this year. Yeah, but they they added like fix fifty extra shows, 
and on average everyone came out worse yeah but like with Adelaide and Perth fringe because it's a fringe I mean you could like paint yourself fucking blue yeah and speak Swedish for an hour it's like you can do whatever you want yeah and anyone can do a show anyone yeah which is kind of like the you know the spirit of the festival I guess but like it's better I would prefer like Brisbane Comedy Festival is really curated and hard to get into. Yeah. Like, I didn't get into it this year. That's Funny Fest? Is that the same thing? No, it's... um. There's Bruce Funny Fest and there's Bruce Comedy oh, Festival. Okay. So that's on right now, the Comedy Festival. And it's really curated and hard to get into. But once you're in, everyone sells out and, like, is oh, okay. adding shows. And it's, like, it's really centralised and small. And, and it's, like, once you're in, it's great. Yeah. And I think that's... Like, that's... Uh, it's pretty hard to get in without a manager. But um, I, I kind of like that model more. Because it's, like, once you're... You know, it's kind of like the promised land. Like once you're in, you get to actually make some money, do good shows to good crowds. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I don't really know much about doing the festivals to be honest. Okay. It's just still like learning and stuff. Yeah. And so those first, so you've been doing about five years? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think five years in a couple of months. And then, so those first three years before doing your first fringe, it was, that's, that's all basically just clubs and... Um, did you tour at all without a fringe? Yeah, me and my mates did a tour actually. It was pretty sick. We okay. did, um, we called it the Young Guns Comedy Tour. Yeah. And we went from Sydney um, up to Byron Bay. Okay. And then um, like zigzag down and hit all these towns. Cool. And that was pretty sick. Yeah. There were some rough ones, but we had some sick ones as well. How many, like how many guys? Um, there was uh, five of us. Okay. So we had an MC, I headlined, my mate Pat hosted. Oh no, there were six of us. And then we had um, four four other blokes come oh nice yeah and we had like a full-on we had a bus like oh that's awesome it was sick dude. Yeah. yeah like some of the shows were brutal but like we're just getting pissed every night and like we're staying in half the place would put us up and then like if the show was good they just let you drink for free all night and, yeah and we all actually came away with a little bit of money that's all right um, and that's um like you had to do it with your mates as well which is well like, it was basically a holiday yeah. yeah so that was um that was great yeah that was super fun and you guys organized all the venues and stuff yourself? Yeah. 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 So um, we had about, I think, seven or eight shows across the two weeks. And then to try and fill in the gaps, I just emailed all these pubs being like, we'll do the show just for um, free food and beers and accommodation. And then we had a few. So I think we had like three pubs come back and we did the show just for that. Yeah. And they were like three of the best shows. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was super fun. And you get to see so much of the of like New South Wales. Yeah. So it was really good. Yeah, that's really good. I hate it when as well, like, another comedy pet peeve. Yes, let's do it. This is a good one, actually. Um, I don't know if you've noticed this, how much... Um, but I hate it when, like, big-name comedians, they'll, they'll do, like, these tours, and then they'll just come back and just, like, shit on all the towns they went to. Yeah. It's like they're... Like, they all go on, like, the Melbourne Roadshows. They're like, oh, I was just in fucking, you know, Bunanong or whatever. Ugh. Bit of meth out there. Everyone yeah. was racist. They hated me. It's like, it's like, did they really? Yeah. What actually happened? You're in a town for like 36 hours doing a show to a sold out theater. Yeah. And you've come back and gone, what a pack of fucking losers yeah. back there. <laughs> and then they'll go back and sell out again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Jesus. Um, oh man, what did I just have? Lost it. Oh yeah, the scene in Sydney. So, is is it like supportive? Yeah, I'd say it's pretty supportive. Yeah. yeah, there's different like cliques and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd say the different cliques are probably like there's probably like the cool kids, um, you know, like kind of like the they're like good comedians, but they're also like they do it in like a cool way. Yep. And 
then there's probably there's like this kind of like at the bottom kind of like there's kind of like different open mic scenes and then different kind of like there's like just a group of like probably like weirdos I would say and then there's like heaps of normal just really friendly people and um and it's great it's great yeah it's, it, it is pretty supportive I don't know I feel like when I was doing the open mics and you could get up like every night it was the funnest because like that's when it's the best because you and your friends gig together every night yeah now I never really see my friends yeah you know because once you start getting booked it's like if we were doing the open mics together every night and then you start getting booked it's like you're doing some RSL somewhere and I'm mm. hosting in the city like I might not see you for like two weeks yeah right whereas when when there's a sweet spot when you, you're starting to get good and you're doing well on stage and and you're still gigging with all your friends every night that's when it's just that's the best yeah that's so fun <clears throat> so your your friends in comedy did you meet them just when you started comedy or did you start with some friends no I met them all in comedy yeah yeah so I don't know I still um, I've got a lot of good comedy so all the guys I went on that Young Guns comedy tour with yeah we would all do the open mics together yeah and then um, after a couple maybe three years we did that Young Guns tour and it was sick but you know like I think the more, what am I, yeah, coming out of five years, I think in the end, and a lot of older guys told me this, but um, I think it's just like kind of, I think it's very hard to like, you know, make it or whatever, but yeah. I, I think kind of a big part of it, it's just like last man standing. Yeah. Like, cause now that I'm getting to five years, I'm starting to have friends drop off and people who aren't my friends as well. Um, like you see people just drop off, like so-and-so got a girlfriend and then you don't see him as much and then like, you're like, oh, fuck, I haven't, he hasn't done a gig in six months. Yeah. Whereas before he was doing like, you know, 10 a week or whatever. Yeah. And this sort of stuff. And I'm starting to see that with a few friends and that sort of thing. So I think it is a bit of like last man standing. Yeah. Well, I, <clears throat> I guess that just comes down to how much you want it, you know? Like if you, if you really want it and you get a girlfriend, then you, you're either not willing to sacrifice the time, you know, from away from comedy to be with your girlfriend and yeah. she has to accept it and you lose it. It's a, it's just a give and a take, I guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm even starting to like, cause it's, it's hard though. Cause it's so fun. Yeah. Like oh, it's not man. like, a, it's, it's not like so a, much fun. Yeah, it's not like a chore. Yeah. Um, but now I'm even starting to like take nights off during the week now. Like if there's only, if I'm not booked anywhere and there's only like one open mic running and it's not that good, I'll just be like, oh, fuck it. Whereas before I'd be like, have to go religious, like yeah. every fucking night, get up, get up, get up. And because there's no, um, so with, like, there's no uh, open mics Friday, Saturday night. Yeah. So I would always be just be religious, like, um, Sunday to Thursday, or especially Monday to Thursday, try and do, like, maybe six or seven spots. Mm. And because, and like, there's nothing to do on the weekends anyway, if you're not booked. But even now, I'm like, if I take a Tuesday off, like, it's whatever. Yeah. Because otherwise, I think you do just, you'll go insane. Yeah. But, and you've also got five years of experience behind you. That's the other thing, yeah. Is... If you don't have anything new to try. Yeah. Like, anything, like exciting and then it's it's better just to have a night off and yeah see your friends and stuff well if you or go on a date find love yeah especially like in a in a situation where you're only getting four or six minutes you've got to sacrifice a full night to do four or six minutes yeah you do whereas you've you know collectively you've done hours and hours of comedy whereas for me i've done maybe five hours or something i don't know yeah so if i miss five minutes that's probably a bit more of a big deal for me than it is for you do you know what oh I mean? yeah when yeah. you're like starting out yeah you should yeah. do it as much as possible but but yeah i don't know yeah 
wild out here, dude. Yeah. We're chasing it's dreams. It's a fucking grind. It's and good. It's such a weird time to, of my life to um, to be starting this. How old are you? 29. 29. How old are you? 25. 25. Yeah. Yes. Um, What's on the cheat sheet? I've gone, I've actually gone over everything. I've hit it all. Huh. That's, that's pretty uh, decent. What's a time to be alive? Oh no, your pensioner meltdown. Oh yeah, this is not bad actually. Yeah, at the at the that's a fringe. That was a Perth fringe world, yeah. Fringe world, yes. So, the fun thing, oh, yeah. I don't I don't know if we bitch too much about the festival. The festivals are super fun. The nights are great. Yeah. Because you do your solo show and then you get booked on all these spots around town. Yeah. So like in Perth, like Wednesday to Saturday, I would do like four or five gigs a night, and it's so fun. You know, you do your show, and uh, you know people are usually really friendly after your show. And then you go go to another and you like get to a gig. They're like, you get a free beer here. You do a spot, and then like, some of the showcases are mad. Like you gig with like Arj Barker and shit. Yeah, it's so fun. And um, so, but yeah, you do get like pretty like you do a lot of gigs, and you get like pretty like real strong on stage. Yeah, cool. And um, but so there's this one gig, and also sometimes by your fifth gig you're a bit a bit hammered. Yeah, sometimes, but not always. But uh, Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, but I, I, I love it. And, um, so there's one night, it was like a, it was like a late show showcase. And you know, the late shows are always like, it's the late show. It's going to yeah. be loose and crazy. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? It's like probably nothing. <laughs> but tonight something did happen. Um, so I went to this late show and there's this old guy at the front just heckling everyone. Yep. And just, he's probably like 75 and just heckling, like not even good shit, just like interrupting. Yeah. And just, just an absolute pest. And I was on, um, I was on like third and I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't know about this. And I've had probably like five pints and I'm just like, yeah. So I'm my fifth gig of the night. By your fifth gig of the night with comedy, you totally get warmed up. Mm. You don't think about it because it's not like a physical thing. But if you do three gigs, by your third gig, you're like, you're in much better shape than you were in your first gig. Okay. So like, I'm no nerves at all. I've had like four or five pints, having a great time. I go, fuck, don't know about this old guy. But um, he's, he's so old. And I get up there. And I do my opener and he interrupts it. I'm like, whatever. And then I do another joke, but he interrupts it. If you interrupt a punchline, I'm sorry, but you must. There's a special place in hell for you. Yeah. Like if you yell something out and it's like in a specific point in my rhythm and it ruins like the next two minutes, like. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I, so I kind of start, I, I let that one go and then he heckled me again. And now I'm like three jokes in. I haven't been able to finish a single one. I've only got seven minutes. Yeah. So then I kind of lose a little bit. And I'm like, I'm like, mate, what the fuck? Like, and I go, man, who the fuck are you? Like, stop interrupting me, you old freak. And he's like, come back. And then security, like, and he, we're going back and forth, but it's kind of funny. It's not too bad. Yeah. And then, and then security come to kick him out. And I go, no. And this is why I probably freaked out. I go, no, leave him. Look at him. He's 75. I go, mate, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Come onto the stage, mate. You and me, I'll beat the shit out of you. I'll fucking put my fist through your dumb pensioner head. Like, and then I... I spent like a good two minutes just threatening to kill this seventy-five yeah. year old man, and this when the crowds be like, Jesus Christ, dude. But yeah, but I, I, it wasn't too bad. But I was like, I was like, honestly, what are you gonna do? Yeah, you know, you've said everything. Do something, like, and I'm like, just like begging this guy to come on and fight me. <laughs> have you have you had worse than that? Um, no, I had a guy throw a paper plate at me the other night. A paper, a paper, but it was a paper plate in Sydney. No, it was in Perth in at Perth? the Comedy Lounge. Yeah. He was this British guy and um, he was just a, like a piece of shit. And, uh, but 
How did he, throw, did he crumple it up and throw it? Or did he throw it like a frisbee? No, he threw it like a frisbee. Like, yeah. And it kind of went past my... But here's the thing. I looked at him. And I could see in his eyes, even if it was a ceramic plate, he still would have thrown it. Yeah. He was just, real, just a real scumbag. And we went at it for a bit because I was like, oh, fucking palms like it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like you can totally rip on palms in Americans. Yep. Like free of charge. In Australia. Oh, dude, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I was doing this thing about Pommy guys, and then he yelled out, and then I was like, oh yeah, what? I was kind of into him a bit, and then and then he threw the paper plate, but he was just like like a neck tattoo, like just a real piece of shit. But it's weird if like some guys from like, you know, Romania, and you're like, oh, everyone from Romania is a dog. Everyone's like, whoa, yeah, what's what's going on? Whoa, he's up on Romania. Yeah. <laughs> but America's a big one. You can say whatever you want about yeah. America. I call him stupid. That's that's easy. Um, yeah. Oh, what's going on with Trump? Um, dude I tell you what this isn't a comedy pet peeve but this is just a a life pet peeve what about when like someone from Australia like just someone like you or me yeah starts just unloading on American politics for no reason yeah cause and it doesn't it, affect us whatsoever no but also like in a way as if they know yeah like I was I was with a girl the other night and, and for like 20 minutes she spoke to me about how the mainstream media manipulates um, what Trump says to like turn you against him yeah and it's like oh, okay Kate the hairdresser yeah you, who you, also yeah. votes in Australian politics yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like do you know what like people at Harvard are working on this but you've cracked the code yeah. you know you're, you know how Trump does it do you like, yeah. and I just sat through it for like 20 minutes I was like that's so interesting but it's people people that do that haven't formulated that opinion they're regurgitating they yeah. some shit that someone else has said they've heard they've heard it on a podcast or somewhere so they're just saying they're just saying it because they're like this. This makes me look like I've got some type of you know like political equity or something. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't care for my own opinion. Like I don't think my I, there's like a handful of things that I reckon my opinion is even worth. Yeah. Like vocalizing. Yeah. Do you know? What I mean? Yeah, but, I mean, in terms of actual impact, of course. Like for for what? No, but I'm saying just in conversation, like. If I don't know about it, I just don't. I just I'm like next. Yeah, like I don't, if I don't, yeah, if I don't know, I'm not gonna. I just don't feel the. I don't feel the need. But like, if I've got a joke I can make, I'll run it in there, and yeah. everyone can have a have a laugh. But like, but like I'm saying, like some chick from like country Victoria talking about Trump. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like you don't know. Yeah, you know, it's like, I'll, I'll tell you how we got in. It's like oh, yeah, oh, okay, cool. Please. Let's let's hear this <laughs> garbage. Like, Let me know. So the thing is, mate, the way CNN works over <laughs> the states, it's like. <laughs> It's like, I know that I don't know. How yeah. do you not know? Yeah. Like, uh, I'm just not married to my opinions on anything, really. Yeah. Now, before you go, we're, we're at about an hour, but um, I try to play a game with everybody, every guest that I have on for charity. So, do you have a favorite charity? Probably like Beyond Blue, I suppose. Beyond Blue. I've donated to them before. So, I created a game. Um, probably the most difficult game that I've created. So... I thought you were going to maybe hit me with some, some fun facts about Boom Gates or something from the car park. Well, do you have any fun facts about Boom Gates? Most of them are designed to come off, so you can just drive straight through them. Really? And yeah. wh- how, how much damage? Most of them have rubber on the bottom, so... Because if they come down by accident and hit your car, the rubber protects it, so you don't sue them. And when they come down, do they, automatic, do they have sensors that automatically make them sort of jump back up? They do. Okay. When someone forgets to park, no, pay for their parking. <laughs> yeah. And they go and press the information button. Yep. 
are they going to get out for free? Um, I don't do that part of the job. It goes to like some call center. Oh, okay. But most of the time, if you're old enough, you probably get away with it. So that's a parking hack. Yeah. If you if you act old and confused enough, you should be all right. Okay. Or and don't the the real trick is uh, this is actually a genuine fun fact. Yeah. Get your ticket and put it under some water, and make it real damp, and then get to the gate and put your ticket in. The machine won't accept it, and then hit the information button. And the exit gate and be like, it's not accepting my ticket. And it will come up as an error on the machine. Yeah. And, uh, and then they'll let you out. Wow. Okay. So for, for poor people, they can take, take that into consideration, I guess. Like, I would say anyone. Anyone? Yeah. I mean, I don't use parking buildings like that very regularly. I feel like I can cop $16 or something. But... All right. It's not a competition. I yeah. feel like you've just used that as a segue to... To, to brag about your to wealth. To brag about my... Uh... Look, $16, $20, Bill, that's that's nothing to me personally, but maybe maybe some of our poorer listeners right, okay. could get something out of that. Okay, if I have to go into the city for work every day and for some reason there's no... Okay, there's no train station near my house, so I have to drive. And yep. I'm doing it every day? That's, yeah, I'm going to be wetting my ticket. You know? But I don't do that very often. Just wet it anyway. Okay. Stick it to the man. Okay. Um, And... Oh, what else? Reserved, reserved our spots in the first, you know, four levels, you know? Oh, not at Westfield though. Oh, at Westfield that we don't have those. No. Okay. But at Westfield, something that does happen all the time that infuriates me is, um, it's private property. So if some absolute fucking loser just parks in a disabled spot and they're not disabled, like we can't do anything about it. Yeah. Right. Cause it's not like government parking or whatever. So people just park in disabled spots all the time. Really? And they, because they know this knowledge? I think they're just, I think they're just well, horrible people. Wins. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a coincidence. But then the worst thing is like, if you go, oh, excuse me, why are you parking the disabled spot? They'll just blow up and be like, you don't know what I've been through. Like you just carry on. Yeah. And don't judge. What are the, what's the uh, sticker? Don't judge the, don't judge the driver, judge the permit or something like that. That's what yeah, yeah. Yeah. Garant- and I've, I've done it before where we have these like stickers where it's like illegal parking and you put them on the window and they're like impossible to get off. Yeah. And some guy came up to me and was like, this guy just parked in the thing. I saw him get out and I stick at his car. And uh, it turns out he was a disability support worker and he was picking someone up from the Westfield. Oh. And he came out with this bloke in a wheelchair and came to the office and was like, why did you stick in my car? And I don't want to speak out of school. This guy was in the wheelchair, was aggressively disabled. Yeah. You know, he hadn't just sprained his ankle. Like yeah. this guy was, he was twitching all over the place. It was wild. And I was like, fuck, I am so sorry. But those guys, because I used to be a disability support worker. Yeah. And we had a we had a disability a disability permit in the car. Yeah, he didn't have one for some reason. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. So that's really his own fault. All the all the. I don't know, fault. dude. I was panicking either way. Yeah, uh, well, I think all that advice is worth fifty dollars to Beyond Blue. So that's okay. But um, we have got your show called Your Tour is. Um, it's my show is called Anxiously Arrogant. Anxiously Arrogant. It's on. Um, Today's Wednesday, so it's on till Saturday, Saturday night at the Rhino Room. And that's 8.30? 8.30 at the Rhino Room. Yep. And the show's good. Come and see it. And um, what's your funniest joke? No. Uh, what is... And your, your uh, podcast as well, Get Around Me, yep. available everywhere. Yep, available weekly. everywhere. Uh, comes out on Thursdays. Every Thursday. Yep, and just Billy Darcy on social media. No worries. Billy Darcy, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, man. And um, hopefully I can get along to your show one of these nights this week.
Baby, welcome to 